Hello, everybody. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. This is a 30-minute podcast with a guy named Nick Gibson. Nick Gibson's comic book is called 2100 Samurai. He talked to me about issue two. He is doing a funding campaign. I will leave the link below in the description. We had a very interesting uh, chat. It was very freewheeling and kind of free-spirited about his comics and entertainment in general. Again, this is a rated not safe for work episode. So if you're listening to this around the kiddos or in the office or you just generally don't want to hear not safe for work stuff, this is your warning. All right, everybody. I've got a lot of really cool things going on with the History Voyager. And I've got something really special for you guys coming up. Um, anyway, I think it's cool. And I certainly hope the... Well, I know the person I interviewed thinks it's awesome. Alrighty. Um, you guys have... A wonderful day, and I'll be seeing you soon. I'll be talking to you soon. All right, folks. As always, you have a great day. Because I am. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the History Voyager. I'm here with Nick Gibson, the creator of 2100 Samurai. Nick, tell us about your comic. Hey, uh, glad to be here. So my comic turn Samurai is a cyberpunk samurai tale about a samurai from feudal Japan who gets transported to the cyberpunk future of 2100. And it's a, it's a grimy, dingy place. And now this, now he's, and now he's left stranded. And what's an honorable person to do in a dishonorable world? That's cool. Um, Mm -hmm. So did you think of this as like you saw movies or it's a manga. So I should say it's a manga. So did you see this in movies or or what? How did you how did this occur to you? Uh, It's kind of an amalgamation of very various different like animes and movies I've seen like Blade Runner, Ghost in the Shell, Matrix. Batman Beyond and you know all all that kind of stuff so I kind of set out to you know like a lot of creators do the you know create the very thing I wanted to see on pages or screen that's I hear that a lot that's cool um and the thing so one of the things I love about one of the reasons I actually want to talk to creators is because you guys are adding like you guys are taking you know, you guys are, are creating thoughts and, and putting it into the internet or putting it into society. And I just think that's so cool. Like I just do. Yeah. The way that I always liken it is I'm like a potion maker. I take different bits here and there. I, I kind of mix them together, add my own kind of little, little spices to it. You know, like mix it certain ways. He did it, you know, prepare in a certain way. And then what, what was a bundle of, of different things becomes a whole new concoction. 
That's so awesome. I mean, that's it's so awesome. That's you know, like I don't know. Fiction is hard. I mean, hard to do is. well. It's hard. Yeah. The way I, the way I always say it, anybody can write. Not everyone can write well. That's there's kind of a difference. I, I hear that. I really like. You know, like I'll have. Um, you know, like I have a lot of independent podcasts come to me, mm-hmm. and some of them are like not good, but some of them are like amazing. I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, how did you think of that? <laughs> wow, yeah, it's it's uh, it's amazing what people the things people do. Like, uh, I'm a video gamer, and so I I'm kind of watch what people do with video games sometimes, especially in the speed running community, mm-hmm. and just like the ways that people come up with to break these games to, to like, oh, I, I I cleared Super Mario Brothers in, like, less than 15 minutes. I'm like, how? And, like, even when I see it, it just boggles my mind. Yeah. So, um, how did you get into comics? I've always been a fan of the medium. I grew up watching a lot of, uh, reading a lot of DC-related stuff, like, um, Batman, Teen Titans, Nightwing's my favorite. Um, mm. As far as the Marvel stuff, I always like Daredevil, Silver Surfer, uh, X-Men related mediums, you know, Spider-Man and so, whatnot. So Darkwing, that's um, that's Batman, right? I mean, Robin. That's Robin, basically. Nightwing is Batman. Uh, if you're thinking of Darkwing Duck, which is also a good cartoon series from Disney, um, that's kind of, you know, but uh, Nightwing. Yeah. Nightwing, it was the first Robin. Okay, so the initial Robin is now uh, Nightwing. Yes. Cool. Cool. Yeah, there's been a bunch of Robins. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I think there's a... They do a reset every so many years, right? Oh, roughly. Um, Let's see here. There's Dick Grayson was the first, and there's Jason Todd. He died. Now he's Red Hood. Um, kind of like he's basically the Punisher equivalent for DC. There's Tim Drake, who was Robin in kind of like the 90s into the 2000s a little bit. Um, hmm. uh, he was, uh, he's Red Robin now. He might be something different. Uh, and then hmm. there, there was Stephanie, Stephanie Brown, who was the second female Robin, because they did a female Robin in a graphic novel called Dark Knight Returns. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I have, can't remember. I think I have the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that's the one with the female Robin with like the big glasses. Yeah, um, yeah. When yeah. Stephanie Brown was it for a while in the early 2000s, and then the current Robin is Damian Wayne, which is Bruce Wayne's son. Yeah, so I got into uh, um, the Watchmen. So I'm I'm rereading mm. the Watchmen actually. Yeah, it's a good it's a um, good comic. It is. I, I mean, I'm hitting it for the first time in like years yeah it must be crazy kind of reading it for the first time or at least with fresh eyes well that's what i'm doing i'm looking at it with fresh eyes and i I like before i guess like the the subtext and all just sort of sailed around me Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's weird but it's kind of like uh as a kid we'd we'd watch uh we'd watch these shows and like so, so the person would say something and our parents would chuckle and they're, and they're like, what's so funny? And they're like, 
oh, oh, don't you worry. And then we watch it again there, and we're like, oh, that's what they're laughing about. I got a story about that. So oh, I bet. So one night, so I used to have this, um, I still have it, but um, like a movie review blog where mm-hmm. I, it was like I was being funny, like sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And so I got the idea. Um, I know I'll do a movie. I'll do a review of full house. So I watched, um, <laughs> as an adult, I watched like the first two episodes of full house. Yeah. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It's like, this is way filthier than I imagined. How did, th- how <laughs> did this make it past the sense? How? Like- well, a lot of it is. <laughs> You know, probably a lot of it is like, um, oh, these kids will never get it. You know, it'll fly their heads. And it did. I mean, we're living proof of it. You know. Right. Exactly. And I'm just saying, like, for those of you in my audience that have never seen Full House, um, (laughs) Uh, watch it. Um, You know, they thought it was family entertainment at the time. Uh, sure, okay. They hired Bob Saget to be the father. They knew exactly what they were doing. Rest in peace, by the way. For real. But, the thing is, um, the thing that blew my mind was, everybody thought this was family entertainment. Like, everybody. (laughs) it was. Oh my god. (laughs) It's just not the kind of family entertainment we think of. You could Like, the kids enjoyed it, but the adults enjoyed it, too. My thing is, like, if you did okay, so Bob Saget did, but you if you did a full house today, I mean they I, did do a full house today. It's called Fuller House. Well, but if you did another full house, like just right. not Fuller House, but like a dad, a single dad with a bunch of guy friends. One of them was very, or two of them were very promiscuous, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're and the two guy friends are, you know, raising the baby and and or the children. And, yeah, you know, madcap, suggestive comedy ensues. You could not put that on. Te- on I don't know with, with I mean, I mean, <laughs> have you seen some of the television? Day? I mean, look at stuff like Modern Family. Like Modern Family is like way more filthy than full house like a lot of their filth uh, is more up front you know yeah but uh, um, that's the deal though it's explicit i mean it's it's right there it's not well the, the point is right. a, a lot of modern writers don't get subtlety so that's kind of where the issue is everything has to be explicit you know over text in your face yeah. otherwise most people don't get it that's 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 my opinion is what's wrong with modern writing is there's no such thing as subtlety see i agree with you there but back, so back in, I don't remember how I met this person or whatever, but I used to interview lots of people mm-hmm. before I even had this podcast. I interviewed tons of people. Somehow I met a guy who worked on Jerry Springer. Oh, wow. That that, so, that person must have had a ton of stories. Well, the story he had that he worked behind the camera, by the way, but mm-hmm. the story he had that I just always kind of remembered was... They basically, it's like we were in this walled garden, right? The Jerry Springer show, he said, was essentially like a walled garden. 
Like we had all kinds of stuff going on and it was in the daytime. It was over the air television. It was all that stuff, but somehow they just let it happen. Yeah. (laughs) He said, I think, I think he said, he was like, eventually we figured out, Oh, cause everybody, we just have a Jerry Springer hall pass. <laughs> you know? Like, oh dear. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> it's modern family. You know, what are you going to do? It's modern family. I don't know. <laughs> that show is actually not too bad. It's actually, it's actually like actually kind of funny. You know, I've never, I, I know vaguely what it's about, but I'm not really. A, I've seen bits and pieces of it, like some random episodes. It's actually kind of funny. Like, it yeah. actually, you know, I mean, it ran for like what eight seasons or something, so I had to be doing something right. See, is it off the air? I, you know, I, I think it, it recently went off the air. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong though. Wow. Oh. Uh, I have Google in front of me. Let me uh, look it up. I'm actually kind of curious now. Uh, eleven seasons. Wow, I was off. Um, oh. it ran for eleven seasons. Um, huh. yeah. And it started in 2009, which would put it at ending in 2020. So, yeah, that tracks. All right. So let's let's get back to your... Yeah, let's kind of uh, get it back. Get it back. Let's zone <laughs> it back into the, to mm-hmm. the comic here. Yes, so comic books. dystopian, uh, dystopian future. The, yeah. The young man. I like this. Yeah, I like this. I, I, I'm pretty proud of the dystopian world I created because... Uh, I actually kind of came up with a backstory of why the world is so messed up as it is. So basically, uh, it takes place in 2100, and around the 2050s, 2060s, you had what's called the Silica Wars, which is basically um, all of our computer or electronics run off of rare earth metals like silica, cobalt, and whatnot. And it's kind of like an oil crisis where. Um, in- instead of running out of gas, you ran out of the materials to make these electronics. So there is war resources, and things just kind of collapsed. So you have these people in the year 2100 using what even today we consider old electronics. So, like, for example, there'll be people using a, a Commodore 64, or, like, having an iPad would be, would be considered bling. Okay, that's a really dated reference. And, okay, uh, it's 2006 call. They want the word back. Um, they would be considered... I know what I, I, I know, but I realized I was dating myself <laughs> with using that word. Um, yeah. But, like, it would be considered, like, high class to have, like, an iPad 2, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, so, and so, basically, these people are using old electronics, and it's, it's kind of like new ones aren't really being made, so people are kind of just taking care of what they have, repairing what they can, and just, like, using what, what's, what works, you know? And so I really like that because I think it kind of adds a unique texture to the world where, you know, um, because I wanted a world where having someone use a Commodore 64, but then answer a call on their their Android phone would make sense. And I wanted a futuristic cyberpunk world where it's like these mixing of old and new technologies. So I put all my favorite things in there and kind of give it its own kind of unique flavor. And I think I, I kind of pulled it off pretty well. That feels like real life in, in a way. I mean, maybe not with the Commodore 64, but that actually does yeah. feel like real life. I mean, I mean, to an extent, yeah. I mean, computing yeah. technology has gotten so good that, like, 
a computer from 10 years ago uh, is still good enough to do the basic internet stuff that we all kind of do on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, right. But, like, I'm just, I'm looking over here at my printer, which my printer is 17 years old. Dang. So, yeah, it does everything you want as long as what you want it to do is print black on one side of the page. <laughs> it's everything you wanted to do. It can print Perfectly. in any color you want as long as it's black. On one side of the page. Don't forget that. On one side. <laughs> okay. Henry Ford is having a wet dream right now. On well, one it'll, side. It's supposed to be able to print on two sides. Right. Yeah, but it, at one point, it's like, eh, I don't feel like it anymore. I, I tried to do, I tried doing that three times, and I was like, I don't... Okay, I'm really getting tired of fishing paper out of the back of this printer. Like, I'm really <laughs> getting tired of that. He was getting mad at you. Like, why, I, why are you making me work? Why are you making me do my job? I just want to sit here and do nothing. Man, I'm... what You know, but it's it's 17 years old, and it works like a yeah. child. Uh, as know. long as you do use it the way it wants to be used, <laughs> you know. And you can. And here's the thing: you can still get ink for it. So I'm just saying. Oh wow, that's that's kind of the most important thing. <laughs> well, I mean, it has you know, I think, ten thousand pages worth of ink or something, like a cartridge. So. Wow! Wow! Is, yeah. is it like a laser printer or something? It's a laser printer. Oh. Yeah. I would never buy an ink printer because those things are kind of borderline scammy these oh, days. Real, but if I real. <laughs> like if I were to get a paint printer, I know it costs a little bit more money, but I definitely get a laser printer. For real. I mean, yeah, don't don't hey, if you learn nothing well, please learn other things from the history voyager, but if you learn nothing else from this podcast, don't buy an ink printer. Oh, did you hear that recent story where because of the chip shortage, because Canon has been putting chips into their ink cartridges to where if you don't have, if if the printer doesn't detect the chips, they they can't do the chips. So Canon is is telling people how to bypass their DRM. Like, this is the timeline we live in, and sometimes I love it. (laughs) I knew, I just, I knew there had to be a reason. Okay. Because I used to have to go toe-to-toe with a canon printer and I, I knew there had to be a reason and that was it <laughs> like that was it yeah all right so nick again with the comic um yes <laughs> so okay i like the technology thing and i like the manga i think that's a nice twist mm-hmm. um but why don't you tell us like so the age ranges that you envision for so this one is kind of a bit more on the mature side. It's rated at 17 plus. It's kind of made okay. to be kind of like a light R kind of like there's, All there's right. cursing, there's violence, but I did kind of rein in on like the sexual aspects of it. Like there is sexual aspects to it, but I do kind of like kind of keep it a little more tasteful, if you will. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, like for example, the base of operations is a brothel and I, I, I could have an excuse to have them with their tatas hanging out, but I, I chose to dress them in more kind of lingerie type stuff because I don't, I, I'm trying to keep it at least like somewhat tasteful is kind of the word I would use. You know, I don't want to be pornographic with this comic, yeah. but I do want it to be, you know, explicit, but not pornographic. There's kind of a line. If you yeah. Will. So it's kind of like, I feel you like, it's kind of like with my 
like with my podcast, it's like mm-hmm. like the reason it's rated not safe for work is not as much for me. It's for the guests. Yeah, in and... case some some of them start saying uh, "fuck" over and over again. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's actually that word is a connector with uh with people like that word in the English language is now a connector of sentences. Yeah, like, it's like it's like all these fucking these fucking badasses. I think they fucking can uh, go and fuck all over the place. You know, fuck them <laughs> exactly. And you know, I've had. And sometimes you have these this guest, and they're like, and they're just saying these words, and you're like, okay, so I'm gonna have to I'm put gl- something I'm- in the front of this. All right, Cause yeah, that, okay. Mm. Well, uh, <laughs> right. I guess we've earned that and that and not safe for work badge for the day. Oh yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but th- that's why my channel's rated not safe for work too. So. Yeah, it's just kind of be on the safe side. I get it. Yeah, exactly. And also, uh, like you can talk about, like I can. It gives me more of a a, a, bro- a broader. Like I can talk to people about certain things. They yeah, it kind of opens up more topic, and that's really kind of re- yeah. that's kind of the same reason why I do my comic because. Mm. Um, I don't want to restrict myself in terms of topics. Like, yeah, I, I want to tell the story that I want to tell and I want to be free to do so, you know, and then that's kind of why I'm more of like, you know, just kind of more layman's terms rated R territory. Like, honestly, sometimes a comic can be more of a, a PG-13 comic. It can be mm-hmm. more of like a hard PG-13. You know, that's why I keep kind of, kind of coming back to the Matrix, because like if you watch the Matrix today, it's a rated R movie. Like honestly, if that movie came out today, it would have been PG thirteen. Like seriously, there is there is not one f bomb in the entire movie. There's barely any blood. Yeah, there's there's s bombs, but look at look at any PG thirteen movie today. There's s bombs all over the place. Don't you, you know? Think there's not a single was... f bomb in the entire Matrix. Don't you think those Matrix, the original Matrix, like not like two, three, and. I guess can we say Matrix Four? Because I've seen Matrix. 4. I mean, it exists, but I I don't acknowledge it. <laughs> I I saw it. I liked it for. Okay, like you're never gonna be able to top the Matrix with me, as far as like the Matrix. I like the sequels, like two and three. I I like because if you engage them on their own terms, I feel like the sequels are good. I will defend them a little bit. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna tell my matrix story that i think i've said on this podcast before but okay but i'll happily say it again i swear to god this is real this is 100 percent real there was a point in my life when i was super busy and i could not i was not watching television that i was not a part of okay Mm -hmm. like if it didn't happen in my station or in my edit bay I, and it was on TV. I did. I straight up didn't see it. And my buddy was like, "Hey, let's go to the movies." So I was like, "Cool." I was like, "Can we go to dinner first? And I had a little too much to drink at dinner. We ended up at the the movie, and we bought a ticket for the Matrix. We bought a ticket for the Matrix on the night it came out. I had never seen oh, an wow. ad for the Matrix. I swear to God, I'd never seen an ad for the Matrix. Huh. I did not know what it was going to be about. Now, I had a little too much, you know, margaritas to drink or whatever. 
And I, I just blew my mind. I mean, it just blew my mind. Yeah, you and a lot of other people, you know. <laughs> I was. Like, I mean, that's the reason. The reason why it made so much money is people kept going to see it over and over again yeah. just to figure out what the fuck is going on with this movie. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I no, that's fine. I'm gonna, like I said a second ago, I'm totally gonna throw out. <laughs> this is a rated, not safe for work episode, kids. Just saying, maybe. <laughs> You know, well, I, I'm more apologizing because I kind of got loud there for a moment. I didn't no, I get it, I get it, out. I get it. But the thing is, with The Matrix, that you can be of an age where you're like, this movie is incredible. Yeah. Like, never seen, like, it's kind of like, I was thinking about this today. When I talk to people younger than me, like considerably younger than me, they don't have the same visceral, rageful reaction to the Star Wars prequels that I have. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of the same reason why when the prequels came out, so many people hated them. But, like, the younger people liked them, and then once the younger crowd kind of came of age, the prequels kind of started to get a little bit more love. I mean, ultimately, the sequel trilogy is, is what it took to, um, you know... Be, mm. finally get people to look back. You know what? Those prequel trilogies weren't weren't all that bad. Like, yeah, not the best, but at least they tried. See, my favorite of all the recent Star Wars movies, like of all the Rogue Ones and Solos and all. I, I love like Rogue, Rogue One. I love Rogue One. I love Oh my god, one. I love Rogue One so much. Like and in my opinion, like so here's the thing. This is my okay. opinion on the sequel 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 trilogy. Okay. Force Awakens, derivative trash. Like I, I, I hate that movie with a fiery passion. Last Jedi, I at least have some sympathies for. Because, like, yeah, it, it's... I actually kind of think it's it's probably the best of the three. Like, I know that's kind of sacrilege to say, but even though Ryan Johnson failed miserably, at least he tried. At least he tried to do something with the story. Like, I'll at least give him some amount of respect for at least trying. He failed miserably. Like, it was... It was a, tr- a freaking train wreck, but at least he tried, you yeah. know. And then uh, Rise of Skywalker is just so so disappointing. So I don't somehow even think Palpatine I saw returned. the last. Oh please, you're not missing anything. I don't think I even saw the last one because you, you, I saw. So what it was was I saw Rogue One, and then like when Solo came out, I saw Solo. Solo and, was okay. Like it was, it was kind of bland, milk toast. You know what I really like about Solo? It's the same thing I like about Rogue One. Solo kind of shows you the fuel world. Like it shows you how the fuel got there. You know? Yeah. I mean, the thing about Solo was it was very unnecessary. Like we didn't yeah. need to learn. Like, oh, he's Solo because some imperial person named him Solo. Like a lot of it was just unnecessary stuff like rogue one i mean the death star planes have been told so many different times like uh for example the first level of star wars dark forces you're getting the death star plans you know kyle katarn is getting them you know there's so yeah. many different w- ways um, um you know but uh rogue one i i feel like at least um it, it kind of used a already thing like the death star plans and it kind of expanded from there like oh it was cool seeing uh 
Bail Organa, you know, the guy from the prequels. You know, I feel like they did kind of their... They had just the right amount of nostalgia bait. Like, oh, they mentioned the guy on Tatooine, Obi-Wan. Oh, Darth Vader showed up for five minutes, and it's the best five minutes of the movie. <laughs> you know? Um, the, thing uh, I like, the thing I thought was weird about the Solo movie that was strange to me was... I don't know how to say it exactly, but I feel like it's a different movie. Like I feel With like Solo? It, I feel like Solo changed at some point. Oh like well, that's well. I don't know. Direction did you hear? Movie. Well, actually, that's because it did. Oh. Um, I don't know if you heard about it, but like originally, Solo was being directed by Lord and Miller. Uh, the guys who did, like, the Lego movie, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Uh. Um, and it wasn't doing the way, going the way they wanted it to. So they fired Lord and Miller and brought in, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, it got a lot better. I mean. No, it was- well, it's the guy who did, uh, it's the guy from Happy Days who's a, who was a director. He directed, like, Apollo 13. Um, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. They brought in Ron Howard, which honestly, Ron Howard is a good choice because he knows George Lucas. He's friends with him because Ron Howard was in American Graffiti. You know, and Ron Howard directed Willow. So he knows he's friends with George Lucas. And if anyone should direct a Star Wars movie, it's him. Well, the problem is they're working with the same cast, which the cast honestly wasn't the best. I think the guy that got to do Han Solo did the best he could. You know, I, yeah. I think he tried. I don't. I think it failed not because of his ability, but just because maybe he wasn't the right person. Well, you That's couldn't put. You know, you couldn't put um, Harrison Ford in that role. Obviously, like you couldn't do that. I mean, no. Yeah, that's what somebody actually said to me at the time was, "I don't want to see it because I don't want to see anybody but Harrison Ford in that role." I mean, and so, just look at a few yeah. years later, we salivate when we see a DA Luke Skywalker appear on The Mandalorian. And we're chomping at the bits for Sebastian Stan to play uh, Luke Skywalker. Well, to be fair, yeah. Sebastian Stan looks like Mark Hamill, but still. Yeah. All right. Sebastian so, Stan would be a good. Um, I just Sebastian Stan actually would play Luke Skywalker really well. Cool. All right. So, okay. So let's. Get back on your comment. I feel like yes, I'm, yes, yes. We keep getting sidetracked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm directing a train here. <laughs> yes, and trying not to get it to wreck. <laughs> okay, so um, back on your comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time around, I'm on issue two, issue mm-hmm. one, and uh, it 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 uh, it kind of got to read a little bit, like you know. But as a fellow train director, I kind of had to steer it back on course. Um, and I, I, I actually got the comic book out and, uh, it sold reasonably well for given how much it was available. Like I did two different cons. It sold over 40 copies there. I think it sold roughly 20 to 30 copies digitally. Mm. Um, so not too bad given what it is. And so, um, I'm going to be doing a Indiegogo for the book and it launches April 8th. And if you go to Indiegogo, uh, I'm sure there'll be a link in the description or something. You can actually yeah. go to the pre-launch page, view the trailer, sign up to get notified. Um, have you read both issue one and two yet? Did I send it to you? Um, I've read issue one. I didn't read issue two. 
Okay. Um, I can send it to you sometime. You can check it yeah. out, you know. Um, cool. Yeah, the interiors are done for issue one. I mean, well, so of course, issue one, but issue two, like, the interiors are all done. Right now, I'm just waiting on the cover, and that should be done here in the next few weeks. I got Arvel Jones to do the cover for me. Um, it's a good cover, he's... folks. What? Good. It's a good cover, folks. I've seen the cover. It's, it's a good cover. Uh, for issue one? Yeah. Arvel Jones. Yeah, that was... Oh, well, no, no, that was done by a different person for issue one. A guy named Nick Garber did the cover for issue one. And then issue two, uh, the cover hasn't, hasn't been done yet, so I haven't even seen it. Um, I'm supposed to be getting uh, some thumbnails here Bob, on Monday or so, because he wanted to try out different positions and whatnot, kind of see what works, and then we're going to go forward with it. Um, yeah, and it's going to be good. I'm, I'm pretty excited, going to get like some good colorists on it. I uh, got a convention uh, here. I live in Michigan. So if any of you are in the Michigan area, you can check me out at uh, Great Lakes Comic Con, February 25th and 26th. Uh, that'll be uh, pretty good. Actually, the cover artist will be there too. So, uh, you know, double double up. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are your plans beyond, like, issue two? Well, uh, basically, this will be a five-issue volume one, and obviously I'm in issue, on issue two right now, so kind of keep chugging out the issues, uh, but in October, I'm actually planning on launching a uh, new book that's currently in development. Uh, it'll be a new IP, um, and this one will be kind of more 13+, plus, more like a PG, mm. PG-13-ish mm. kind of book, like minimal mm. swearing you know, nothing too bad, you know, minimal, minimal violence, you know, like semi-mature themes kind of stuff, you know, Mm. more like, uh, at the very most CW level kind of bad, you know, kind of like nothing more than you would see on like a CW show kind of stuff, you know, (laughs) maybe not even that, um, so that, you know, because cause I kind of realized I kind of had a hole in the market where I'd be at these conventions and people would like the book, but they're like, oh, I don't want to buy it because um, it's mature rated and I'm kind of buying it for my son or daughter, and mm. which is totally understandable and I get it. So I kind of want to create a book for, for those kind of people to where uh, people can mm. buy the book for their daughter or their son and be perfectly fine getting it where it's not mature rated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely an, a niche in the market. I mean, and you also you think about. I mean, I really wonder, like, kids and comics, like actual children and comics, like how does that? I don't uh, know. A lot of it they're introduced through it from their parents. Like, uh, I do yeah. a lot of these conventions, and yeah, there's kids around. There's kids, mm-hmm. there's teenagers, and they're honestly just as enthused about it as the adults. Sometimes even more so, and it's. Very heartwarming, to be honest, to kind of see the next generation be so excited about um, about this kind of stuff. That's cool. That's cool. Well, Nick, um, thanks a bunch. And um, mm-hmm. is there anything else you wanted to add before we rock and roll here? Uh, like I said before, it launches April 8th, and you can uh, sign up to be uh, notified when it goes live just by going on the pre-launch page. All righty. And... Um, I think I'm just going to put this right on the web. And if Nick, if you'll just send me the links and uh, some 
for me to put in the description. I'd appreciate that. Yep, um, I'll, I'll, yep, will do. Cool. All right, everybody. Uh, this has been Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. And as always, I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too. All right, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>